Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast. My name is Yuri Mello. I will be your host as I guide you through the most valuable and relevant emotional and psychological ideas. Ideas that will transform your perspective and enhance your personal life and relationships. Let's do this. This is episode number 42. Right on. Thank you for joining me today. Today, my friends, I feel inspired. And this special event that I have just witnessed inspired this challenge for this week. And my friends, it is Reset, Refocus, and Restart Week. The event that I'm referring to is the presidential inauguration. Look, I'm 45 going on 46. I think this is the first one I have ever watched. I just happened to be there while it was occurring. And please understand this is not some political statement or declaration of a political affiliation. But the event that ensued, what I saw, right, with the pomp and the music and the speeches and the poetry that was read and the prayers that were offered, offered the plea to unify, the promises to heal, the inspirational messages that together, synergistically, our nation may suffer setbacks, but that the system is in place, right? Redundancies, Constitution, checks and balances, Senate ensures that the country returns to democracy for the people, by the people. I admit I was moved. I was moved. And I felt some hope raise up inside of me and some motivation began to rise up as well, like a tide, raising all the ships, right? And maybe if you happen to have seen the inauguration, maybe for you it was a complete disaster and a complete fraud and a gigantic conspiracy, and so be it. I'm not here to argue with that. Whatever it meant to you personally, I'm just referring to the overall message and the real power that exists when we give ourselves permission to reset, to learn, to refocus, to restart. And it's a power that I can, that you can harness in your own personal life. You can do it in your home. You can do it at work. You can do it with your fitness, with your goals, with your objectives, with your own spirituality. Because what I have found over 20 years of working with people is that our errors, our mistakes can act as such tremendous obstacles to our future success. We have such a tendency sometimes to just droop in our misses, in our errors. Our failures can create such terror within us. And they do so by damaging our fragile egos or flattening our pride or creating such embarrassment that we can literally become paralyzed. This specific perspective that I'm offering to you, that I'm going to talk to you, is a much gentler, forgiving, accepting approach that acknowledges our capacity for error, our never-ending capacity for error. But more importantly, It emphasizes your capacity to overcome, to work a problem, to utilize your errors, your mistakes, to refocus, and to hit it again, wiser, with a stronger back, with a more experienced mind, 
with an acceptance that it is all preparation, my friends. Does that philosophy not sound better to you? Does it not sound reasonable? Does it not resonate? Does it not sound like a philosophy that you would want to embrace and pass on to your friends, to your children, to your grandchildren? I at least, at least initially, I want to connect with you intellectually. I want you to at least psychologically recognize that this approach that I speak of, that it is superior, that it is legitimate. It's not psychological fluff. It's not pop psychology. It's more effective long and short term. It's emotionally more motivating. It's more empowering. It's more inspiring. And it creates the possibilities that our errors plow the ground and potentially plant the seeds of our future success. If only we can train ourselves to stay with our problems a little longer, a little more patiently, a little less fearfully. I'm remembering Einstein's brilliant quote, and I've shared it with you before, but he says, it is not that I am smarter than other people. I can just stay with the problem longer. So today I want to preach to you, my friends. I want to persuade you in the most gentle and reasonable way that I can. I want to appeal to your emotional self that seeks to be motivated, inspired, and to feel safe. And this specific philosophy that I'm talking about, this belief about the reality of things will ensure that your efforts, your attempts, your new experiments in whatever part of your life never spell total doom, total failure, catastrophic collapse, because much like the climber who falls or the scientist whose experience fails, we are able to be caught by the system of redundancies that we have in place and then to reset, to refocus and restart and let's go again. Your adoption of these principles will create almost like a psychological safe zone that allows for mistakes, for errors, personal and from others, by the way, that allows for repairs, fixes, and other attempts to be made instead of, you know, once you've lost my good favor, it's gone forever, like good old Darcy said in Pride and Prejudice. That philosophy the later one that I just said, right, where once my good favor is lost, it's gone forever. That philosophy turned inward is disastrous and could literally paralyze you from ever trying anything again because trying means the potential for ultimate failure, for complete collapse and ultimate pain. So are your goals failing? Reset, refocus. Restart. Are your relationships suffering? Reset, refocus, and go again. Is your spirituality dwindling? Does your connection to God feel poor and distant? Reset, restart, and refocus. Are your addictive habits or problematic patterns flaring up and showing up in your life? Reset. Learn, refocus, and go. Remember, people, it is the direction and the incremental games in that direction that we are seeking. It's the vector, not the velocity, that is the key component in life. The direction that we are facing may ultimately be of the greatest import. So pivot, reset, 
Shift. Ask for help. Go back to the drawing board. Throw crappy ideas in the trash and go again. Ask other people's opinions and go again. This is my hope for you. And I say it gently like a friend. But quit being so stubborn and punitive with yourself, with others, with our children. Our job is not to write their story. They have to write it themselves. Give people time. You need a time. Do you remember that? You need a time. You needed to see a little more. You needed to feel a little more. You needed the personal experience, and now you know better, and you're able to do better, and think better, and ultimately feel better. While I was watching the inauguration, this magnificent young lady, Amanda Gorman, wrote a poem. It was a poem, a poem to us, to our nation. I share it here because the words resonated with me, but they can resonate with anyone from any place in the world. They inspired me to appreciate, to rise with courage, to stand for good. And so I'm going to read it to you. I think she called it The Hill We Climb. Of course, I'm no, I'm no poet reader, but uh, I'll do my best. When the day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. And yet, the dawn is ours. Before we knew it, somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of our country and time, where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president, only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We're striving to forge a union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but to what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our time, then victory won't lie in the blade. But in all the bridges we've made, that is the promise to glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare. It's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. 
We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy, and this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can periodically be delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith, we trust. For while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the area of just redemption. We feared at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter to offer a hope and a laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe, now we assert how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold. Fierce and free, we will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain if we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with. Every breath from my bronze-pounded chest, we will raise this wonderful world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the wind-swept northeast, where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the mist-western states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. And every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge, battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. My friends, get out there. When you need to reset, do so. And let's go be it. And I'll see you tomorrow.